This is The Morning Show with Elena and it's Tuesday, so it's Culture Tuesday with Father Toby. Thank you for joining us. On Tuesdays, we have Culture Tuesdays and Father Toby Lee from the St. Dominic's in London joins me virtually in the studio to speak about all things culture, a bit of sports, about a books, uh, theater, camping, all bits and bobs here and there. And I'm excited to have him on today. Hello, Father Toby. Good morning, Helena. Morning, all the listeners. Lovely to be with you. We have had such beautiful, beautiful weather. Uh, we, I've loads of time spent outside. I watched the Euro Cup game on Sunday. Are you into the Euros, Father Toby? Yeah, yeah. Uh, big, big, big fan. Who are you cheering and, uh, on? Well, England, obviously. Oh, well, obviously. Uh, me, me too. Me too. <laughs> um, yeah, and in England, England, it was the f- the first time on Sunday that England have ever won their opening match in the uh, European Championships. Really? First time in in, in nine goes. Yeah. Now I'm not into like super. It was also the first time I watched the Euro first game. <laughs> There you, there you so go. Correlation knows? equals causation. Exactly. Maybe I should watch some. Is the next game England is playing is on Friday? I think against Scotland. Oh, will that yeah. be a good match? I don't know anything about football. Well, on, 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 on paper, it should be a walkover for England, but there's always a certain um, sort of when the home nations play play England, they they generally raise raise their game, and there have yeah. been some great games in the past for uh, for England fans in the the sort of the last tournament that was staged in England, Euro '96, and uh, there's a sort of iconic moment when um, when when Gaza scored a, a fantastic goal against Scotland, which still lives large in the in the memory of of many. So. Oh, I won't be able to watch that game because oh no, what if I what if I doom England? But I will be going to see the Broadway show turned movie musical in the Heights, Washington Heights. Do, have you heard anything about this show, this movie? No, I That's was hoping okay. you're going to say Back to the Future. Apparently, it's now a musical in London. It is now a musical. Tell me about about this. We're only going to talk about it briefly. But this is um, In the Heights is a musical about the people that live in this part of Manhattan, which is on the top of the island. Uh, And that is where I lived (laughs) at my last few years in New York. So it became a very, very special place for me. Everything that's in the musical is absolutely true. <laughs> I'm like, yes, yes, yes. And um, the gentleman that penned the musical and ended up starring on it on Broadway is Mr. Lin-Manuel Miranda, who is of Hamilton fame, also from Moana. And he's had lots of little parts. He was he was the new Bert. It, well, his name wasn't Bert in the new Mary Poppins. I, I wasn't I wasn't a fan of his accent in that new Mary Poppins either. But well, there you go. He's he's carrying on a rich tradition from uh, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke there. Who some people said could have done with a stunt man to do his accent. But, uh... No, all growing up, Father Toby, I thought that's what British people really sound like. That's how men. I know, sound. and a lot of Americans still do. Because <laughs> whenever you meet an American and they try and do their impression of an Englishman, <laughs> they sound like Dick Van Dyke. It's that or um, My Fair Lady. Oh, wouldn't it be lovely? Anyway, so that's 
That's my childhood growing up. So I'm very excited about this show on Friday. Um, we are hoping on Radio Maria to have a Christians Talk About Musicals show on starting maybe in July. Ooh. Uh, Father Toby, if you know any, we, we, we've got three lady presenters, but I need some I need some XY chromosomes helping us out. So if anyone out there listening, or Father Toby, if you know anybody that loves musicals, loves musical theater, uh, especially gentlemen, if you're a woman too, go ahead, uh, please email us at info at radiomariaengland.uk and let's talk some showbiz. <laughs> but let's we're going to drastically change now and talk about our topic for today <sighs> all right last week uh there was in the newspapers and headlines was all about colin pitchfork who was jailed in 1988 for the rape and murder of 15 year old linda mann and don ashworth and recently uh what happened? He was denied parole in 2006. He was found guilty. He was denied parole in 2016. And in 2018, Pitchfork was moved to an open prison. And now he has the parole board has found I'm trying to find the exact words. Ah, The parole board has is satisfied now this year. That pitchfork is suitable for release, which, subject to conditions, the BBC, the BBC reported that a source close to Buckland said that the government would take legal advice to explore the use of the reconsideration mechanism. What is the reconsideration mechanism? That's what I said. <laughs> um, it gives people the right to ask for a decision to be looked into again and to show the reasons, uh, making sure that it was procedurally unfair or irrational to make that decision. Um, loads of people uh, shared on social media in different places and to the BBC about this. We cannot let this gentleman out of prison. He's not safe. He's not right to go back. Da, 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 da. And so I'd mentioned to Father Toby, oh, this is a big topic. Do we want to talk about this? And Father Toby replied, ooh, have you seen the BBC series Time? Oh, Father Toby. <laughs> so he said this and I binged the whole thing this weekend, which is not the best way to spend a lovely, beautiful weekend. But I had to keep watching. I had to know what's next. So, Father Toby, can I let you um, kind of explain the premise of the TV miniseries Time. Yeah, sure. It's a like three three part BBC drama, um, starring I think I think two of the the finest sort of English actors around, um, uh, Sean Bean and, uh, and and Stephen Graham, and uh, it features a, a sort of a, a rather ordinary man, um, Sean Ben, who who is who's doing time inside for for. Um, causing death by by dangerous driving um, transpires. He's a he's a, he's an alcoholic, um, and he, he's fully accepting of uh, of what he's done. He we we learn that he he sort of pled guilty. And I'm afraid, actually, in discussing this, um, there there will be plot spoilers because it's impossible <laughs> warning, to warning, discuss this, <laughs> this 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 program. Even if you hear the plot, I still think it's fantastically acted and, and, a, and a very powerful story and, and well worth watching. You you will enjoy it. 
and um the the officer who is sort of in charge of him as as, as he enters um is a, a thoroughly decent man um seemingly in a sort of happy happy marriage and, a, and an officer of real integrity who's serious about his business but fair fair to the fair to the prisoners yeah i think he and, was and, a, and an officer for way, 30 years i think is what they say at the yeah, end. yeah. For, a, for, a, for a long time and 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 it's quite clever that the, the setup is done as if actually the story is going to be about their interactions but the, the interactions of the two of them are actually very limited mm-hmm. and it's about the different experiences um that each um is put through uh one through his work and one through through serving his time and the um it it examines sort of you know our our moral compass and uh and to what degree you know somebody might be prepared to do that which they they know to be wrong um for for what they think is some greater good about the 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 fallout that that happens from that and and i would say in in the end to to my mind it's about sort of each character actually sort of finding their 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 integrity and the that having integrity having your um that there's there's a there's a there's a there's a, there's a liberation um in having the the tr- truth about you being known and uh, and having your your yes mean yes and your and your no mean no and and what happens what happens in our in our lives if it doesn't happen and it's very interesting because in in the guardian review that i read of it there's a very funny opening scene where he's being admitted into the into the jail and he's asked um you know what his religion is and uh, and if he practices and he and he says well i i, I don't i don't really I don't practice at all. I don't go to church, and they say, "In in in that in that case, I'll put Anglican." And uh, <laughs> obviously, Catholics have a little little chuckle to themselves. Um, but then uh, it's interesting that 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 label of being given Anglican um, elicits uh, a response in him, where sort of on reflection, he says, "Well, actually, I, I think I I better be called." Um, lapsed Catholic mm-hmm. and the, the Guardian reviewer comments on this and says that his being Catholic makes not one iota of a difference to his time inside and if you look on a on a purely sort of um, external level and like do we see him pray do we see the externals of religion well he cooperates with the the, the, the chaplain the Catholic chaplain who's a, a religious sister and isn't a particularly dramatic figure but just seems a thoroughly decent good person trying to do do her best for the for the for the prisoners and yeah and i'll, I'll point out that she doesn't wear she wears uh civilian garb so you, it's not like she's walking around in habit or anything like that no um and uh but in terms of what's going on inside and particularly the language that he that he uses in the final episode where he speaks sort of eloquently about this need for atonement Mm. um and this realization of of what atonement actually is that's a there's a there's a a deep sort of you know catholicism 
in that. Um, and obviously the, the person who doesn't know religion doesn't get quite how religious this language is and his understanding of it. But to my mind, it, it transpires that, that everything about his experience inside and in some ways has been has been affected by his his Catholic upbringing and that that in, indelible mark of, of baptism in, in him, which however far he he's, he's wandered away in his life can't can't be undone. And so I, I, I think it's, it's very, very movingly done um, and, and depicts, you know, very common religious situation of a, of a Catholic who sadly drifted away, but how there is still something very, very important about being baptized and having had that formation, which can, um, can alter our lives at some later point. It's nice as a series as well, because it's, it, it doesn't do that whole, did he really do it? Because I was afraid, like, oh, am I going to this whole time doubt, like, oh, maybe he wasn't guilty. No, he, he was guilty, and he admits that he's guilty, the the Sean Bean uh, protagonist. Um, and looking at his conversations with his his family, his wife, and his son, it, it just becomes more him and then the relationships that the other prisoners the minor character they're not minor but the, they are minor but anyway they're like secondary characters all of them have this issue with who they are seen and portrayed as and i guess in uniform in the costumes there's the uniforms of the guards and then there's like these gray uniforms and everyone's the same and then as you get further along in the series the they get uh sean bean's character gets to add a sweater gets to add some different outfits and then you he, he becomes more colorful to look at as well as you start understanding him more as well and so do the other characters so that was a really nice that's a nice little artistic touch to it but it's understand it's it's people how they want the world to see them and if you notice um one gentleman that i'm trying to not do any spoiler alerts here <laughs> a young gentleman um that uh the sean bean kind of takes under his wing not really though don't think of this as like any kind of character or stereotype uh, he just ends up the guy ends up in his in his room in his cell and sean bean is a teacher and i, th I think they knew each other then he teach him father Terry, yeah. is that right? the guy says you weren't very good <laughs> <laughs> like and, obviously because you ended up in here yeah, exactly and to be honest i keep i kept thinking i was like oh you've got no personality but of course you, he's he's really sad so of course he's not going to be mm. a dynamic teacher in prison but his uh he the the younger person is in prison because he killed another young gentleman in a bar fight with a knife and he's all, you know, he's a prison, typical prison character, like, oh, I'm big and tough, but I'm a young person and no one understands me, blah, 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 blah. And he gets this opportunity to uh, ask forgiveness from the parents of the man that he killed. And it's really nicely paralleled with Sean Bean's character wanting to ask for forgiveness to, uh, from the wife of the person he killed. And he's not Sean Bean during the episodes. I'm not going to tell you if he is or not. But anyway, so you keep wondering, is he going to get to ask for forgiveness? But this young guy gets to meet the parents. And when explaining the situation, and we all, we all see it, like the, especially with what's going on now, um, the parents of the young man that got killed on his bicycle 
from the diplomat or woman, the American woman that was coming out of the airbase. I can't remember any of these names. Yeah. But they're finally moving on, and they might be able to get a uh, virtual trial kind of interview thing. Not them, but like legally with the woman to find out what happened, et cetera, et cetera. They just want to know what happened so that they can... And this is what they've been saying to the press. They want to know what happened just so that they can gather their thoughts into what happened. And you can see in this series that that's what those parents want, too. We just want to know what happened. Yeah. But then in a, in a, in a certain sense, they desperately know want to know what happened. But there's a certain sort of narrative that they that they want it to fit. And when yes. when they hear quite how banal it it it, it all is. And actually, sort of, quite how sort of trivial in the end. The the guy is very, very honest. Yeah. And they want something much more sort of dramatic in a certain sense, but it points to the the banality of evil. Yes. Um, yeah. And and how boring and how stupid um, the most evil things that 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 we can do are. And and the and the guy really recognizes this. Um, and he sees the the stupidity of it, and and I think he also there's there's a sadness that he feels about that this front putting up this front that got him into so much trouble outside prison actually becomes a necessary sort of part of surviving in prison by mm -hmm. always putting on this hard man front, never being prepared to to take a a step backwards. And so I thought that was that was very interesting. And, and then as you say about examining uh, our need for forgiveness and, and, and some some recognize their need for forgiveness and, and they're already further sort of progressed along the path of, of, of healing to recognize that you need forgiving. You um, but uh, then, then, you know, it goes to, goes to as, as the drama plays out, um, we see, you know, one of the most common things you, you hear in, in, in people coming to you for advice as a, as a priest about how do I forgive Father? Um, because the reality is that that kind of forgiving um, is is really really hard, and uh, and often you know sometimes even even with fairly trivial things in our lives, we think we've forgiven the person, um, and then the person does something that that hurts us again, and. And it's not just that thing that hurts us again. Everything else comes flooding back. All those other ways that they've heard us come into the mix. And we realize, gosh, I'm not sure I'd actually ever really forgiven the person at, at, at all. And so then we have to try and work out, well, well what is forgiveness? And I think the the problem for us is that too often we, we think that forgiveness is first and foremost a, a feeling. Um, and then we're being led by the wrong part of us because i think forgiveness is a, is a participation in the in a in a divine grace a participation in the in the words of jesus spoken on the cross you know perhaps the most astonishing words ever uttered from somebody in a place of excruciating pain through no fault of their own saying forgive them father for they know not what they do um that that's astonishing and so i think we have to we have to pray for the grace to to, for, to forgive, but also realize that, that forgiveness first and foremost is a, is a decision and a, and a, and a decision to, to treat the person as if I'd forgiven them. And that please God, one day the feelings will flow from there. 
that the forgiveness isn't something that just happens in a moment. Forgiveness is something that we choose to do again and again and again until it becomes something that's that's happened. Yes, yes, yes. And that, oh, that brings me to this. What what are prisons for then? Because in the system. And this is what, um, when, what's the actor's name? Was he, there's the main guy, let me get it again. Sean Bean. Sean, no, no, the other one, the other one, the other one. Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham. So he, um, the story, for all of you, is not based on true stories, it's a fiction. But Stephen Graham did follow around several guards in prisons to really soak in like a sponge what it was like. And he said in uh, the article on Wales Online about how, he admired these officers and how they do their best to uh and and they're honest about it that their job is to protect themselves to protect the prisoners and make it a nice reasonable cohesive place where everyone can do their time treated with respect now that's nice and all but so is prisons just a place to put someone for a certain time and then oh that's your punishment now go or should be should prisons have some more atonement have time for atonement have time to find forgiveness have time to reflect on what you've done have time to make yourself better what are prisons for well that, that that's interesting because i remember when i was um studying law at Cambridge, one of the, the modules that I did was sentencing in the penal system. And there was a, a big sort of overhaul planned of the, of, of the penal system, which formed the basis of, of most of what we, we studied that year. And, um, and one of the criticisms that had led to the reforms was that there was no rationale behind prison. Um, I knew it, it I knew it, I it knew it. <laughs> it wasn't clear whether the purpose of prison was to punish the person whether it was to um, remove a threat for society, whether it was uh, restorative justice, whether it was rehabilitation. And uh, and then about a week before our exams, having gone through all these reforms that were going to come in, there was a, a kind of an emergency lecture call to say, by the way, the whole program that you'd studied all year is being canceled. Things are just gonna stay as they are. <laughs> and, um, and I, I, have to say, I don't actually know um, what the situation is now, but but I get the general sense that there is still no um, actual mission statement of our prisons that that is kind of satisfactory as as an aim. It might be about you know treating people with re- respect and ensuring security, but not actually what is what is the purpose of of what we what we're doing and when we're incarcerating people without a without a purpose um it's not a, it's not a great sign the prob the problem is the kind of the to make prison something that in my experience that, that in my opinion is is something genuinely worthwhile um requires more money yeah yeah it's much, it's much cheaper to incarcerate people to keep them in their cells for most of the day to people then com- people complain about oh i can't believe a prisoner's got a tv in his cell but if you're going to keep a prisoner in his cell for 23 hours a day mm-hmm. um then the only way to prevent rioting is to is to is to give them a give them a tv so they've got something to to entertain <laughs> so that their themselves. minds don't deteriorate <laughs> yeah 
um and 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 i think we have to do better because when we when we look at the people in prisons just like when we look at the the people on our in our streets and and often the those two populations are are uh, pretty pretty inter interchangeable now some of them have made bad decisions have done dumb yeah. things and they were fully culpable in a certain way but an awful lot of them and i and i'd say probably the the majority we might look at their lives and say you know there but for the grace of god go i and um and think gosh if i hadn't been born with a, a silver spoon in my mouth or if 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 the mistakes that i'd made in my life were made in in the situation in which their lives played out like if if the ways in which i gave in to to peer pressure as a kid in a good school mm -hmm. um you know if i'd given if i'd given into peer pressure in the environment in which you know those those people were, were growing up i probably would have ended up with a jail sentence as it is i ended up with a detention yeah. um and uh and so and so i have to think that many of the people in in prison it's it's a failure of our society um and this should be a, a chance to to heal our society and to to make amends in a certain point to to those who've been failed by their more often than not broken families failed by the the lack of of extra sort of su support um in the environment that they're they're growing up in exactly in New York, uh, they have this uh, restorative justice program that they're testing out. And what it does is it not only brings value to the life of the person that's convicted, but also adds value to the person, the victim as well. So through three steps, and of course you have to have permission from both sides, et cetera, et cetera. And it's only a trial well, it was a trial period last year, so I'm not sure what's going on with it now. But they actually let the convicted and they, the terms they use as well it's not prisoner it's like a, conv and a convicted person is i think is a person that is convicted of a i am convicted of this is it or i am uh guilty of this those the terminology that you describe the person is very important as well because if you just say um, you're the prisoner you're the convict blah, 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 it kind of anyway so they set it up where the two people the victim and the convict get to meet each other if they both agree etc etc and then they talk it out through um with counselors uh if they want a religious person if that's a part of what they want or would help that's a part of it as well and through several meetings they find the person that is guilty of the crime gets to have that time where the the victim tells them how it's affected them listen you stealing this you doing this you kill is is done this to me has done this to my family blah blah blah, blah. and then the other person can then say well i mean through of course it's all mediated and and nicely hopefully nicely done but they all get a chat about what how it's affected them and what they hope to achieve going forward and then so far they've had a couple of non-good non-good act uh, non-good uh, like it didn't it is there's just been silence or a wall has been built where one of the people just won't let forgiveness or or won't listen there's that kind of issue but there's also so many times where it's just it's brought the victims more peace than just seeing the person off to prison. And it's also, they've got so many testimonies of those that went through this 
trial process. And then after they got out of prison, they had a better communication, better relationship with the outside world. Maybe not. It's not like they went to the victims and like, okay, now I'm going to help work in your shop that I just stole from. But especially with young people. No, I understand that these shopkeepers have these lives and how important it is and, and how little things like this can greatly affect them. And so I'm going to think twice before doing that. So restorative justice. Check that out if you're uh, an advocate of any prison reforms or anything like that. But we've run out of time, Father Toby. Oh, my goodness. It's zoomed by. It's zoomed by. Time. But, uh, just say restorative justice that starts to come close to mercy. Because yes. what mer what mercy is, is um, is not just about giving what was deserved, but about restoring the order that was that that was lost, and and that's you know that's what the incarnation does. You know, it it, it in in justice in a strict justice sense, we deserve to stay where we were, estranged from God, but mercy r restores that relationship, um, restores what was what was lost. Amen. Amen. Um. If you would like to watch Time, it is uh, you can watch it via BBC iPlayer. And then Father Toby, could you end us with prayer, please? Oh no, I've kicked the computer and Father Toby is gone now. All right, I'm going to finish with prayer. Sorry, Father Toby. In today's Gospel, Matthew chapter 5, the Lord Jesus says to his disciples, You have learnt how it was said, you must love your neighbour and hate your enemy. But I say this to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In this way, you will be sons of your father in heaven. For he causes his son to rise on bad men as well as good and his reign to fall on honest and dishonest men alike. Dear Lord, I pray for all those serving in prison, supporting those in prison, for those that are serving time in prison. I pray for the victims of crime in any way, that they all find mercy to forgive themselves, to forgive others, and to keep you close in their relationship. Lord, I ask that you let that Holy Spirit Breathe, breathe into prisons. Breathe into the lives of the people that, that work in prisons and support those spending time in prison. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for the morning show. This show will be broadcast today at 4.30 and uh, will be available as a podcast. Father Toby will be joining us again next week. Thank you, everyone. Mm -hmm.